How many of the things you do are driven by other people's expectations, demands, attitudes, whether it be parents and their approach to things that have shaped us in our formative years, whether it be colleagues, whether it be our education systems, our cultures, our religions, whether it be society, media. And how many of the things you do are generated and driven and initiated by you from within you that reflect your inner being? This is a critical question that we must ask ourselves because it really defines our lives. Many times when we start struggling and looking for something in life, and we dig to the root, it comes down to who defines your life. So please join me in this special program titled How to Make This New Year Your Year, Your Year, and discover ways to not necessarily ignore the influences, the positive influences of others in our lives, but discover your own voice, how to make it your year how to make your life driven by what you are and who you are from within. Hi, this is Simon Jacobson, and please join me in this program titled How to Make This New Year Your Year. This program is dedicated by Adam Stern in loving memory of his mother and father, Esther Stern and Gabriel Richard Stern. Thank you so much, and welcome. How many of the things you do in your life are driven by other people's expectations, demands, attitudes. For example, our parents. Well, it's not just an example, maybe the primary one. Long before we even remember, in our early formative years, impressionable years, it is our parents that we are first exposed to and we learn so much from. And it shapes us. A very visual, visual example for that Visible example is, think of a, bo- a warm ball of wax. A young child is like a warm ball of wax. Every experience gets etched into the wax, and as the wax hardens and matures, that experience becomes part of our psyches, part of our beings. That's, of course, in addition to our very genetic makeup and our uh, hereditary elements that we inherit from our parents. But even the nurture, not just the nature, is also deeply shaped. Another thing that shapes us, of course, is our education, our teachers, our school system, our friends, our culture, our religion, our belief system, or lack of belief system. And then finally, as we grow into adults, our society, media, especially today, with this information overload, we're inundated by so many different streams coming into our consciousness, 
So all of that shapes so much of what we do and how we behave. On the other hand, how many of the things we do are driven by and generated from within, from within ourselves? I often ask the question, meeting someone, who are you? And very often the answer is, they give you, the person gives me their business card. And when I say that business card tells me what you do, not who you are, so some people look confused and some will respond, well, after so many years of doing something, who I am has become what I do. Think about it. Who you are should define what you do. And for many, what we do defines who we are. So the real question is not just how much of what we do and our behavior is shaped by others and how much of from ourselves. Maybe the question has to be, who am I? How will I even know? Maybe what I'm doing is not really who I am. Or maybe it is. Well, rest assured that if it's not being defined from within, it's being defined from without. Because we have to be occupied with something, whether it's our jobs, whether it's our hobbies, our interests, the things that excite us. So what really drives those forces? So you can say it's whatever came our way. Sometimes we gravitate to something. But if you don't really have a handle and control over your inner, inner identity, we'll call it your soul, your psyche, your essential being, it's very difficult to know what force exactly is shaping you. And again, if it's not coming from within, where is it coming from? It's coming from other forces. Not always saying it's a bad thing. There are many good influences in life. There are many good things to read, there are many people to emulate and role models. But the more, let's call it this, more, the more vulnerable you are, the less control of who's driving your ship, Rest assured that other things, you're going to be susceptible and receptive to other forces. And some may be positive and some may not be. Now, of course, we all have common sense and we have a certain instinct or intuition of what's healthy, what's not healthy. But that too can be manipulated and that too can be distorted. I can't tell you how many people I've met personally or in a group setting talking about relationships and their attitude to what is love is very much defined by what they saw in their homes. Again, for good or for bad. They saw parents fighting a lot, criticizing. For some, they think that's part of what love is. In some instances, we discover that's the antithesis of love. But for some, just as I remember just recently, and this is again not an exception, Someone who had challenges with rage and anger. And was, the first step was not so much about the anger itself, but he thought that anger is a legitimate way of expressing yourself. Now, we all know we all get angry at certain things, but this was somewhat uncontrollable at certain times. He says that's how his father was. So it's ingrained in him that that's the way you react. Never gave it much thought, because again, it's like the warm wax. It's just impression. And when you see enough times, repeated times, that someone reacts to a certain thing, and this is the person that you love or you 
are the, the person who's influencing you, at some point you think that that's the legitimate way. So the first thing you need to come to discover, which is what I helped them identify, that's not necessarily the natural way. It's still not easy because it becomes like second nature, reflexive. So there's so many attitudes that we have that are shaped in the same way. We don't even know necessarily that we've been shaped. We think that's the way it is. And when we hear that someone has a different approach, it can surprise us. So this requires, obviously, serious introspection and soul-searching and be ready to challenge yourself, to challenge even your principles, even your so-called axioms, the things that you consider to be a given. But that's what healthy people do. They challenge themselves and they grow and they compare. Now the goal here is not to, cold turkey, eliminate every influence in your life. The goal here is to discover the difference between an influence and between yourself. We all have within us, and this is the key thing to begin with, a soul, a psyche, a spirit, an individual identity that's unique to you. Genetically speaking, it may have characteristics that are, have something in common with your ancestors, starting with your parents, with your siblings, with your grandparents. But even so, Firstly, the genetic pool has been mixed. A father and a mother are two different people coming from two different family lines. Secondly, even the part that you inherited from your parents have variations. That's why siblings are not exact twins. Even twins are not exact twins. Even identical twins may have many, many things in common, but there are always some shifts. It's like two musicians playing music. They may play exactly the same notes, but they play them with some variation, some intonation, some sound that's a bit different, each one tailored to what they should be doing, to what reflects their inner spirit or their interpretation of that piece of music. Even the same person can play the same song or sing the same song in two different ways. The key is to know that and not feel that you need to conform and to fit into someone else's way of singing the song. So the first step in all of this is to, is to identify and discover and really resonate within yourself that you have something that's unique to you. Now, in a healthy education, a healthy home, that would have been cultivated. So, this, so in addition to all the influences, good influences, good habits, routines, and attitudes that your parents and educators and your environment would have offered you, it would all be around and also supporting and enhancing your very self. That's the best of both worlds. However, as I said, it's not always the case. That's what each one of us has to discover. So, of course, education and role modeling is critical. But it's also critical not to annihilate and destroy that inner self. So what does this inner self look like? And how do we access it? I often suggest that that morning meditation or prayer or chant or thought called the Moda Ani. Thank you for returning my soul to me. The first thing we say as soon as we are conscious, as soon as we're awake, what are we saying? Thank you with gratitude for my unique me. Here I'm a self. I have a certain consciousness about who I am. Getting connected to that soul, and I'm calling it soul. I know some people's soul is a word that they think is too religious or, or alienating. So you can use whatever word, it's the word. 
But what it really means, your unique self. And it's not your body alone. Because a body without that part is, without sounding morbid, is a corpse, is dead. So there's a unique you. That unique you has a unique personality. It's not so easy to define that uniqueness, but everyone knows it's there. And sometimes it can be submerged because it never was allowed to express itself. So how do we identify it? Firstly, by recognizing it. That's why I said you begin by saying thank you. Thank you for having that part of me. So by recognizing, it's like, think of (coughs) an ignored child. You come home from work, you're so busy, you don't even see your child in the corner sitting there crying, laughing, or just being there. So the first thing is paying attention and saying, hi, good, good evening. It's nice to see you. I missed you. What does that do? That creates a recognition. Recognition gives dignity. For many of us, that inner self, that inner part of our souls, was never allowed that recognition. So it becomes buried, it becomes somewhat, it recedes into its own little corner, what some people call the inner child, without expression. So by recognizing it, and by giving it, by being aware of it, by giving it attention, it's like a flower that you pour water and say, here, I'm, I'm watering you. That alone allows it to emerge. But let's take it further. There's ways to identify this inner soul. And often it can be through simply things that, what do you gravitate to? What do you naturally gravitate to? Now remember, this isn't airtight, because you can gravitate to something you've been trained to gravitate to. But nevertheless, there are things that resonate. I think when you go into nature, and remember, nature does not have an agenda to try to impress upon you. When you go into nature, you see some of its harmony, its beauty. You listen to a song. You read something. You hear someone say something. The things that resonate as truths, that, oh, that identify with that. Even this very point, who am I? Am I shaped by others or am I defined by myself? But many people hear that for the first time. They say, that's a very good question. That alone is telling you that you're beginning to ignite and become aware of that inner soul, that spirit that makes you unique. So those things are very valuable. Think of them as signposts, that when you're traveling down a road, you don't know where that road is leading. We'll call that the road of life, the journey of life. It's signposts, things that you're going to see that will say, "Uh, this looks like I'm going in the right direction. Again, this is not always 100%, but as we look for these signs, for the people we meet, for the events that happen in our lives, those resonating events, you meet a new friend at work, or just uh, leisurely, and you start talking, you say, we connect with each other, we identify with each other. That's yet another example. So to deliberately look for those opportunities is a critical piece as well in identifying the inner self. Now, the outer self is also important to identify because you want to, in a sense, like by process of elimination, know those are not the factors. For example, your boss's demands of you, your client's demands, family demands, not all of them are bad, but you need to know that it's coming from another you're expected to deliver on a certain deadline, the certain deliverables, the certain chores or uh, responsibilities you have at home. 
or part of a group that you're, uh, you're, you're uh, part of. So again, these may, may be beautiful responsibilities, but identify them as things that are not necessarily being generated from within. They're coming from another place. Now, it's interesting, they can also meet. There are many things that someone can ask you to volunteer for, and you chose to volunteer that do resonate. So that's when you have both coming together, that also someone else may have stimulated it, maybe coming from outside of you, but it's resonating within you. The point is, the more, the more aware you are of this, and there's no problem with having a journal and listing the things. What are the things you know for sure coming from within? What are the things you know for sure coming from without, meaning from others, or events or other experiences? And what are the things with that overlap? And you could add a fourth column, things you're not sure. It's perfectly fine. We don't, this doesn't have to be a perfect exercise. But you're, long, you're, you're good on your way because you've at least began to look at it. Remember, awareness is half the cure of all issues. Awareness. Lack of awareness means you just go on and they're merrying around or the roller coaster, the routines, the broken record or whatever you want to call the monotone of life's daily uh, grind without really thinking about it. The mere fact that you think and you're starting to list is critical. It's going to be much more challenging is to actually do something about it, which we'll get to shortly. But the main thing is to make this new year, your year, you have to have the you, the your in it. You have to think that way. And that way, from, like many people will say, well, you know what? A new year came, a new year went, made resolutions. As usual, the resolutions lasted a day, two days, three days, an hour, a half hour, a week. And then the year becomes exactly like last year's. A repeat. To change that, you need to change something within. Nothing changes if nothing changes. If you think what you thought, if you say what you said, you did what you did, you do what you did, you'll have what you had. That's a mathematical certainty. So the change, the first change, is simply the awareness. Looking at yourself. Starting with the moda'ani. The me, the things around me, and how they're affecting me. And listing, actually listing the different uh, elements. You'll be surprised what you find. You're going to find that most of your activities and behavior is connected to others. But that doesn't have to remain that way. Or better said, you can align that to the you. That's what we really want. Just because someone else helped you get your ship going in this direction, that doesn't mean that when you take control of your ship as the captain, that you change direction necessarily. You may still like the direction it's going, but now you're the one that's the conductor. And there may be things that you do need to shift. It's difficult to take one case here because everybody is different. So, yeah, so first we need to identify what those elements are. And you will find, you will find things that you are certain resonate from within you. And if not, if you're not certain that is, there's always mentors. There are people, objective people that you can speak to. And that's always vital in this process. Because at the end of the day, we all have blind spots. At the end of the day, we all have our biases, our prejudices, our preconceived notions, which is all part of the challenge here. So it's critical to have someone that you can run it by. Like if you ask a good friend that you trust, say, what do you think about my life? What I'm doing, what I'm involved in? Many will not share with you unless you're unless you ask them. Even then they may not, because 
A good friend is not looking to criticize, not looking to judge. But if you really push someone and said, I just need you to help me a bit. What are my real strengths, you think, that really come from within? Things that, I gra- I am na- that come natural to me. Someone may say that you're a very good giver, you're a very loyal friend. Now, does that mean that that, was acquired, that that wasn't acquired? It may have been also acquired. You may have had parents that were loyal friends to their friends. You may have had friends that were that way. You may have picked it up elsewhere. But there, you at least have in the category something that resonates. So it can go into the column. I'm not positive where it's coming from outside or from within, but it doesn't contradict who I am. Then there are things that really go against the grain of our own nature. Things we know we don't like about ourselves, and then you discover, you know what, that's not necessarily me. Me, me, as in how I was, like the untouched snow, like the warm wax before it was shaped. So having another person, like a, a sounding board, is vital and critical because it helps create some objectivity. So it creates balance. It still doesn't take away from the need of your own self-introspection. But these are some of the things we need to do if we want to own our lives. And that's the word own. When I say own, not because you're a self-made person, because you don't answer to anyone else, but own means own yourself. You were given a self to take care of it, to nurture it. No different than we nurture our children, to nurture your own child. And that's how you make your year, that's how you make the new year your year, yours. And on a practical level, we always need a practical, I gave some practical advice so far, but to bring it even further into real action, it's to actually initiate, do things. Find something to initiate. I would suggest once a week, but that may be too much for some. So let's do once a month. Every month, new month, initiate something that is coming from you. Could be, I'm going to start a new class, I'm going to participate in a new class, online or in person. I'm going to deliberately look for a new friend. I'll start volunteer some new effort, no new project, maybe a new charity. Anything that you initiate. Now that doesn't mean if someone comes to you with a good idea, you say no. It could be a good idea and it may, it may resonate, by all means. But it's very important to empower yourself to know that you could initiate. You're not just a, on the receiving end. You're a giver, an initiator. You're proactive. And the interesting thing is proactivity breeds proactivity. The more you do it, the more you exercise that muscle within you, the muscle of within your essential self that allows you to then do more of it. And that feeds the soul. That feeds your unique spirit, your unique psyche, your unique self. So once a month, initiate something. It doesn't have to be a world-changing experience. It doesn't have to be the most dramatic thing, but it has to be something that you could say is yours. It could be a simple thing, like every morning at breakfast, ask your children or your family, how was your day yesterday? You may be doing that already, but just giving an example. Or everyone, every day, one of the family members should share a nice thought. It could be once a week, it could be... Uh, at a dinner, it could be at a Shabbat dinner, if that's what you're involved, if that's what you're committed to. The point is just ideas, things that you come up with. Even the very ideas that you come up with are also should be yours. But I'm making some suggestions not to get the wheel 
turning. The wheel's turning, I should say. Percolating. So my friends, the key thing to remember, and maybe the most dignified statement you'll ever hear, that you matter. You are indispensable. You have a song, a music to play that only you can play. And, you can, and, and only you can play it in the way that you can play it. A song inside you. Many songs inside you. And it's very possible you already sing some of those songs. But it's also possible you haven't yet. And even if you do, there's always more. And the world needs it. Your family needs it. Your community needs it. And above all, you need it. Because that's what makes life worth living. That you are bringing your unique energy into the equation into the unfolding drama and destiny of our lives. And the most beautiful part of it is that you're in control of it. There are many things in life, circumstances, we can't control. But this we are in control of. How, what our attitudes will be like. How will we react to things. How we will navigate the vicissitudes, the ups and downs. You navigate your ship. And sometimes a storm may come and you too have the choice of how you're going to navigate that storm. We should be blessed to have the least amount of storms, the least amount of setbacks, challenges that sometimes can be formidable and difficult. But even then, know you have all the strengths you need to deal with anything that comes your way. But again, we should all be blessed with the minimal of that. None of it, no one will be immune to having some shifts, some unpredictable uncertainties. But all of us have the power to do something about it. So whatever comes our way, know you have the strength. Always sing your song. And surround yourself with people that empower you, that give you that vote of confidence, that strength, that says you can do it. And that's how you make the new year your year. May it indeed be your year. May it be indeed something that you initiate and combine it with all the good influences in your life. Thank you so much. This has been Simon Jacobson, Meaningful Life Center. Meaningfullife.com is our central website where you can find this program and many others, a robust schedule of different topics throughout the week. Please subscribe, share, and of course, love to hear your feedback, thoughts, comments, questions, suggestions. And may you be indeed blessed with your year a newness in your unique way. And I would love to hear about your uniqueness because I believe that I and everyone else is enriched by that. Thank you again. Be blessed and be well. This program is brought to you by the Meaningful Life Center. Please help us continue our programs. Make even a small contribution at MeaningfulLife.com donate.